welcome to Letters to Our Yesterday, a podcast inspired by extraordinary women. I believe that one of the greatest strengths women have are each other. We often support, guide, encourage and inspire each other. Throughout this series, I'll be speaking to many incredible women about their life journey and together we will explore what advice they would give their younger self. Australia's most successful and awarded digital commerce agency. Her career began as a teenager from her home in Austria, where along with her brothers she created her first digital business. They followed their successful business to the US, but after a betrayal Fatima lost everything. Moving to Australia with her husband, she began to rebuild her life and career, and now, 10 years later, is known industry-wide for her success and future-focused entrepreneurship. Thank you so much for speaking to me today. Can you just tell me a little bit about um, your background and how you got into this industry in the first place, where you started? Sure. So thank you so much for having me, first of all. (laughs) Um, I probably have to start like way back um, when I was 16. Mm -hmm. I kind of um, fell into this whole entrepreneurial journey and um, I was working with my two brothers in our first business. Okay, younger or older um, than you? One older, one younger. Okay, you're a middle, mm-hmm. like me, I'm a middle child. That's it, yeah. um, sandwich kid. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we were you know, building um, a website and selling our services, hosting services online. Mm. Um, at that point, we were still all living in my parents' house, yeah. you know, working out of our kids' rooms. So what, what made you want to do that? Was it something you and your brothers were just interested in? You thought, we'll have a go at it and see what yeah, happens? Yeah, so my older brother originally started selling, like he programmed some levels for a computer game and started okay. selling that online. Yeah. And then actually first he sold it in the local newspaper. And huh. then he was like, well, that's a very small, like how many people can I reach like this? Yeah. And, you know, it was just the beginning of the, the internet. We still had all these dial-up connections and yeah. like really slow <laughs> things. So he yeah. was like, if I put up a website, then I'll reach more people. Yeah. Um, and through that, we actually learned about what hosting is because okay. you, have, you have to get hosting to host your website. Yeah. Um, and so when that game kind of came out of fashion and the new game came in, he to start all over again right and create okay. a new product and sell it yeah so i think that's where the idea came from to just say okay well hosting is a much better business because yeah. it's recurring yeah. you know you sell it once and then the customer just stays with you and pays yeah. you every month okay. um so it should be much easier to grow and scale and that's exactly you know what happens so we just wow. put up the site started yeah. selling um mostly into the u.s interesting enough yeah. um, even though we were all based in austria okay and um, from there, I just, you know, just never looked back. It grew, like, really quickly. Wow. You know, by the time I was 20, I think I was running a team of 80. We wow. had, like, four or five offices across the world, in the U.S., in Austria, in Romania, in Ukraine. Oh, my um, God, that's incredible. And about, like, 300,000 active subscribers. So it wow. grew really quickly. And do you know how... When you look back, do you think you just jumped in, not blindly to it, but just kind of all in, not really expecting much, and just went totally. for it? Totally. Okay. I don't think so. You could possibly expect Imagine that that would like happen, that yeah. to happen. That's yeah. kind of like every teenager's dream. I'll create this, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and it just, you know, we, we 
it was my life literally yeah. when I was 16. I, I, I finished school. I somehow am the only one out of myself and my two brothers that actually managed to finish uni. And you um, did that at the same time. I did that at the same time. So I would have like wow. many days where I'd get up at, you know, six, seven. I'd drive, uni was about 30 kilometers away. So I'd drive there, attend a class, come back home, work, because there was a three hour gap between my yeah. two class, classes. Like yeah. I wouldn't be able to just sit there and wait. Mm, no. You knew you had all these other stuff. Because there was no like, um, you know, mobile connections yeah. and things like that, like we have today. So I couldn't work. I had to That's actually so drive different. back to the office you know, do some work there, then drive back to my next class, come back and then just wow. work until... And what were you night. studying at uni at that time? I did my master's of... Um, it's a mix between IT and business. Okay, yeah. yeah. Wow, and did that feel like... Were you completely exhausted or was there that adrenaline where you love what you're doing so you just kept going? Or? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think so. You know, there are days, of course, where yeah. you're completely exhausted. Yes. Um, but this, it's just, you know, this getting somewhere and yeah. you know getting the success back i think yeah. you see that real rush of okay well that worked and yeah if i do more then it'll get bigger and wow um, and so we just kind of kept going from there and did your brothers go to the u.s with you yeah so what yeah. actually happened is as soon as i finished um university yeah um and we that was the time when the euro came in, um, and originally when yeah. the euro came in, the exchange rate between US dollars and euros was um, quite good, like yeah. it was kind of one to one. Yeah. And um, over the next like one or two years, um, it had changed dramatically. Yeah. So all our revenue was in US dollars, but our Austrian office oh. was, um, you know, had all of its expenses in euros. Okay. So commercially. There was actually no business reason yeah. for us to be in Austria other than we happened to be born there. Yes. Okay. Um, we didn't really have customers there, like the majority yeah. of our team was in the US. Um, yeah. And so eventually we just made the decision to actually move over, including 20 people we had in the Austrian office. Wow, and they all came over with you? Everybody came with us. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So that was. Um, they must really love where they work and what they're doing. Yeah, that's it was huge. A crazy. What an journey. opportunity, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And to do that we were together. in a very small village in Austria, mm. so it was, you know, a very big change. That's kind of amazing. To the US from there. And what did it feel like leaving? Was there a sadness to it or just this um, um, excitement of a new opportunity? You know, I don't really think we spent too much time thinking about okay. it. Like, we yeah. kind of just. You know, yeah. made a decision. There's a, there's a sadness too because my parents are still in yeah. Austria and we've yeah. all been really close. Yeah. Um, and it was sad for my parents because all yeah. three kids left at the same time, time. <laughs> um, to the other end of the world. But yes. um, I think, you know, it really, like, there was so much to do. So we didn't really yeah. think about that too much. Just like head down, looking yeah. forward, and that, that was yeah. it. Yeah. And we were wow. all, like, still really young. So yeah. why not? What a journey. That's amazing. And then so when you arrived in the US, can you tell me a bit about what happened there, like how you set up? and Yeah. yeah. So, well, we already had operations in the okay. US. Um, yeah. But what we did is when we actually moved there, we moved all of those operations um, together into one location and kind okay. of created a bit of a headquarters. Whereabouts in the US? Are in you? Ohio. Oh, okay. Columbus, yeah. Ohio, oh, wow. All places. Yeah, I thought you were going to say San Francisco for no, a second. I wish. I yeah. wish. I think it, it would have been a little bit different yeah. um, if that was the case. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, we. Uh, I think there's two reasons for that. So yeah. we were originally based in Kentucky just because okay. the person that happened to sell us our first server was based there. Yeah. We didn't okay. really know anything 
else. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he called us up one day and was like, oh, my living room is getting really hot. My wife is complaining. And I'm like, what do you mean? So he had oh. all of these servers sitting in his living room um, <laughs> that we were selling to all his customers. He goes, I think we need to start like building yeah. a proper data center. Yeah. So that's what we did. And that was still in Kentucky. And then wow. by the time, um, a, a couple of years down the road, yeah. before we moved, there was, um, uh, we couldn't get enough internet and uh, connectivity to continue to grow the company. Okay. Because there was not enough fiber in the ground. So wow. the state was actually really supportive. They committed. Yeah. They said, look, we're going to invest. We'll put the fiber in the ground. But it would have taken them two wow. years. Okay. And, and you're growing too quickly for that. Yeah. For us, it was a decision of, okay, do we yeah. just not grow for two years or do we just move? Yeah. So we then kind of looked around and yeah. Ohio was about a seven hour drive. We okay. had family there, like okay. uncles, and it had a good fiber ring built around the city. So we okay. wouldn't have this problem again. Wow. Um, okay. And good incentives for like uh, tech companies like yeah. us to, to move there. So that's pretty much what happened in the first couple of months when we yeah. when we relocated is we yeah. did this big data center move. We had about a thousand servers that had to be relocated and we did it all overnight, pretty much. Oh my God. Um, shipped them halfway across the country and plugged wow. um, them all back in. And yeah, kind of it went really well. Surprisingly, oh we didn't lose yeah. a single website or any data or anything. Wow. So, um, that was a big undertaking. Oh my itself. gosh! Yeah. It just sounds so phenomenal. Like, I feel like this could be a movie or something. If you're watching that, <laughs> who would be doing this? Wow. Yeah. Okay, so you're there, and you've got the twenty around twenty people. No, that total you moved by with. that time we had like well over a hundred people. So it was twenty people that from were Austria. From Austria that okay, so you're yeah. all working there. Yeah. And then from there, what happened to get you to here? Yeah, <laughs> this Sydney. is um, yeah. probably the 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 most. Um, big turn yeah. I think of events in my life so yeah. um, within that first year that we mm. were actually in the US because we relocated we started getting access to much better pricing on our yeah. connectivity etc it was actually the first year that the company had some really good profits okay um, and so we started having you know some funds in the bank yeah. and as it sometimes happens I think that makes some people um, you know, change their perspective. Yeah. And that's literally what happened. There's to a my, different drive then, yeah, isn't it? What's happened to my elder brother. So okay. it was one morning yeah. I came to the office and my keys didn't work anymore. <gasps> I tried to like I rang the bell, I got in oh and goodness. then I tried to log into systems and none of the logins worked anymore. I tried to log into the bank, I couldn't get into the bank anymore. Yeah. So basically what happened is my older brother just locked out myself and my younger brother from the company oh so yeah we lost and that was it just you're not it. part of it anymore yes yeah. can so you legally do well it, you know it's not quite legal to lock out your um co-owners and yeah. shareholders um so what pretty much followed from there was like it was for me it was yeah. like a big hole like somebody had just ripped my heart out because that's your like blood doing that, yeah. Well, it's two things, right? Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the company that kind of was the last 10 yeah. years of my life. Yeah. Of everything I've done and all my time's gone into that. And, yeah. and secondly, it's family, right? Yeah. So this issue actually kind of broke our whole family apart um, oh, wow. completely. Wow. And I then came, I was married by that time, and yeah. I came to Australia with my husband. Okay. He was from here. Yeah. Um, just to kind of 
um, I guess, give my brother a bit of time to... Okay, like just break away think. from the situation. Yeah, and I thought, you know, he'll come to his senses, yeah. it'll all go back and be yeah. normal, but it was actually quite the opposite. So oh. he then tried to get control of the whole company. Um, there's a lot of things that happened wow. to do that. Yeah. Kind of in summary, we ended up having like seven law cases in two continents, and it went on for like three years. Oh. So oh, that's awful. It was so yeah, awful. very, very full on. Yeah. Um, for me, it was like for the first year that I was here in yeah. Australia, I actually couldn't, I couldn't do anything. No. Like my husband kept saying, "Look, we got to do something. We yeah. have to start something." Yeah. Um, you know, I only had whatever I had left in my bank account yeah. at that point because yeah. like, we, you know, we had obviously the company, we had properties in Austria, the US, but everything was tied in ownership between the three of us so since he'd locked us out of everything i couldn't so you know access to any of that nothing so we had limited time to survive right with what we had and and so my husband's like come on we need to do something i'm like i really can't i can't do you think you were just in complete shock as well that it all happened absolutely total shock disbelief you know, I kept thinking that, you know, my parents are going to do something, the yeah. family is going to stay, it's like, shake know, somebody will do yeah. something to yeah. make it right, but, you know, that, that really didn't happen, so wow. it took me, I think, about a year just to kind of come to grip with, yeah, process it all, that yeah. is actually what happened, and this is the reality, wow. and there's no one to rely on but myself, Wow. so I... And how old were you at this I time? I was, um, this was 2000... Okay. So I was 24. Oh, yeah. What an age to deal with yeah. all of that as well. So wow. I, um, you know, they kind of slowly picked myself mm, up. We yeah. started just doing any work that we possibly yeah. can from, okay. you know, setting up servers for people to helping them with their email problems yeah. to building all kinds of sites um, yeah. just to kind of get us by. Yeah. And, um, connect with people did a lot of work for free for people and yeah. that's how I get I think we got our name out there and yeah and you know referrals slowly started coming in and, and that's really the yeah. beginning of eWave and this oh. company that you see here today which you are located in the most beautiful building I'll describe for everyone in Miller's Point is it Miller's that's Point right. just gorgeous gorgeous building um so that's even more amazing because when I walked in here I had no idea that that's what you had experienced so that's even more incredible that this is what you have now after all of that. So it's kind of like you had you had that um, experience with success and then lost everything yeah. and hit that rock bottom personally and um, career-wise as well yeah. and then built yourself back up. That's right. So. And do you think if that hadn't happened, you would have E-Wave now? No. No. See, that's the thing. Yeah. You know, in, the, in that moment, Yeah. and it was a very long moment, <laughs> it lasted a few years. Yeah. It's like the worst thing that's ever happened. Like um, in a darkness kind of thing. It really. Yeah. Like I was totally yeah. lost. I was yeah. really depressed. It yeah. was really, I call them like the dark years yeah. of my life. Well, it sounds like um, it. Because I think you'd have that, especially it being your older brother, that moment of like, well, what do I know if I don't know my own brother? And, you know, everything you think you know would just explode. It would be yeah, insane. It was yeah. a big realisation, I think, of, yeah. you know, that it's life is really not what no. they make it out to yeah. be. You know, there's, there's, yeah. there's a lot of things you need to be ready for. Yeah. Um, but I think looking back now, like mm. 10 years on, and it's, yeah. it's um, 
ten. It's exactly ten years this January. Yeah, it would be wow. Happened. Yeah. Um, so I feel like you know it's made me the person that I yes. am today. I think yeah. it's made me really resilient. Yeah. I kind yeah. of came out of that after the three years of, of all the legal battle and all the yeah. rest of it feeling like if I manage to get through this mm. with nothing and nobody yeah then whatever else life throws at me yeah I can handle wow it's no big deal how empowering and that actually yeah. really helps me now in business because yeah. whatever you know business isn't easy mm. you know there's always ups and downs and and especially the first couple of years as you start yeah. out but just that experience yeah. I think really helped me when I think back at that and I go, well, yeah. I did that, so what is this in comparison? Yeah. So it's, it's something you always go back to. Yeah. yeah, It gives you totally. that perspective. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And so now you are one of the only female leaders in the digital space. Is that right? Yes. yes. I think so in our space yeah. in particular because yeah. we're in digital but also more on the technology side. Okay. Um, yeah. So I actually don't know of any other female founders yeah. um, in our industry and there's very few yes. that I come across. So and what is that like? Like, I'm sure there's positives and negatives that yeah. come with that. Yeah. yeah. Look, I think it's more positive than negative, and yeah. I like to look at it that mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Um, I think it it really works because I can connect with a lot of the female counterparts on the other side in a different yeah. way yeah. than you know my male competitors may. Yeah. And I think it also makes a lot of. Um, females on the client side a lot more comfortable yeah. talking to me mm-hmm. about anything really yeah. and yeah. I've built really good friendships you know yeah. over the years with my clients um, yeah. and yeah I think there's there's something special about that there's you know I'm, I'm very keen to promote more females in our industry yes. so I'm actually yeah. really proud that being a, a technology company yeah. we have nearly 45% females That's across awesome. all roles actually wow. engineering roles we have almost 50 percent yeah wow wow so it's uh, it's a really good journey yeah we have good support network here with the management that is really working hard to yeah. um, mentor and and promote more yeah. of our ladies and bring a new generation of women through yeah absolutely yeah. That's awesome. So really making a bit of a change in the industry. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like it, definitely. That's amazing. And with such a busy work life, I think, you know, you would be just... How many hours would you work a day, do you think, well, on average? I had a really big shift yeah. three and a half years ago when I okay. had a boy. Oh, so okay. prior to that, I was working you know, seven days a week, I'd get to the office mm. at nine, I don't leave until 10, I literally just wow. got home to sleep, that's yeah. it. Okay. Um, and when I had my baby boy, yeah. you know, it changes perspectives so much. Yes. And Time I becomes thought, different, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, I thought mm. I was, I thought the company was ready, I thought yeah. the business was ready for it, but then it really wasn't. <laughs> and it was like a big, uh, another big shock. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I struggled for the first mm. six to 12 months with just finding the right balance between the two. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in, when you're um, when you're running your own business, there's no such a thing as mat leave, right? No, so you don't no. work, yeah. there's no money, no yeah. revenue. And it's not just for yourself, but I'm responsible for 200 people and yeah. their families, right? <laughs> no pressure. So that's... <laughs> That's the kind of thing that made it really challenging to get through these first few months. And and I constantly felt like I wasn't doing the right thing by the business and I wasn't doing the right thing by my little boy. So 
it took me about one year yeah and after that I think I just accepted that you don't need to be perfect yeah. you know I have yeah. a very good friend she um, she's in the law profession mm-hmm. and she started her own business mm-hmm. um, and while she did that she had six children six children so I always look to her <laughs> and I'm going how do you do that you know wow. and why am I struggling so much with one one little one wow and she gave me one advice she said look mm-hmm. your life consists of three three parts really right yeah. it's your your professional life mm-hmm. it's your family and then it's your home and house so what you need mm. to do is you need to decide what's important for you yeah. and you choose the priorities and then you yeah. outsource all the rest. So I kept oh, thinking about that yeah. and I'm like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. She goes, yeah. you know, your kids don't care who cooked the spaghetti today as long as you're there with them when they're to eating, eat it. Yeah. You know, you're spending good quality time with them yeah. when you are with them, yeah. then you'll find that right balance and you'll be happy and they'll be happy so I just started thinking about life in these compartments and I'm looking at ways of of how I can actually make that happen I've cut back on the time I spend in the office so now I do 10 to 4 Um, I'm in the office uh, during that time I I, I live an hour from the CBD so now I have a a drive to do as well I use that time to do all my phone calls and, and things like that so and then I just go at four. Yeah. I just go. You know, yeah. there's a big list. No matter left. what's happening, you just I'm done. I just leave. Yeah, and that's it. Um, yeah. And so I get an hour in the morning with my little one. I get yeah. an hour in the evening. Yeah. Um, and I don't do weekends anymore unless yeah. there is like a fire somewhere. Yeah. Um, so I. So you've got that quality family time yeah. on the weekend. But it, it took wow. you know it took a lot of rethinking mm. and restructuring of what we have in the business. Yeah. I was just going to say, did you have to shift your priorities at work? Like, um, I guess delegate things yeah, to other a, a lot, other management but more yeah. importantly I had to actually like bring in a whole mm-hmm. new layer of senior management yeah. um, that didn't exist before but okay. I think the only reason it didn't exist before because I probably have a problem letting go of things <laughs> you know? so that kind well of your company's like me. your baby as well yeah, have, yeah forced me to kind of push mm-hmm. the company to the next level and yeah. it's really that what allowed us to to grow so much yeah. in the last two years and I feel like now we have such a good foundation yeah. to continue to scale yeah. without it all hanging on me so um, yeah again yeah. it was you know life changing yeah. but um, it makes you rethink things yes. and approach things from a different angle yes. and then you just um, start yeah. working out the better way well then I guess as well it just um, goes to show you can't just even if things are going well you can't just keep going up the whole time things are going to come at you and change things up but it made you propel even further forward by the sounds of it those disruptions so interesting yeah and do you find it easy to turn off after work so you say you leave at four yeah um what kind of things do you do to relax or on the weekends can you switch your mind off from work um I'd be, I'd be lying. I think if I said that, um, I, you know, I do enjoy it too. Yes. I think I'm at a stage where I, I could switch off, and sometimes yeah. I do. So, for example, yeah. at night, I actually put my phone on airplane mode, yeah. so nobody could even reach me, yeah. even if they wanted to. Yeah. Um, and I just did that one day mm-hmm. many years ago because I kept waking up at night and checking my checking email, it. looking yeah. at things, and it was just not mm-hmm. really healthy. Yeah. Um, and guess what? The moment you start doing it, it's like nothing major happens yeah. you know everything's under control yeah even if something happens people actually work it out themselves so yeah. um i think it just put a lot more 
trust and responsibility on yeah. on the people. Yeah. Um, and they took it up, you okay. know, happily and, and yeah. are filling those shoes. So um, I definitely completely slack off at yes. night. Yeah. Um, and I don't really have to check during the week. Mm-hmm. I try to make sure that the time that I spend with my little one, yeah. I don't have my phone on me constantly yeah. and looking at things. Yeah. Um, and people know that you know this is my time, so yeah. they, they tend to not call yeah. until after bedtime yes. if there's really something urgent. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it works quite well. Yeah. Awesome. So for my last question, what would you write in a letter to you yesterday? And what age would it be that you're writing to? I think I would write to myself like when I was about maybe 14, 15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I would definitely talk about getting rid of all your limiting beliefs. Yeah. I think we're brought up with so many yeah. limiting beliefs and things that get across our personal life, especially females. I, agree I don't know why that you. is. I know. But it's kind of like, don't dream too big because you don't yes. want to be too disappointed. Yes, that's yeah. right. And so yeah. we just kind of become complacent mm. and, you know, are brought up to be happy with whatever it is yeah. and not to strive for what we want or choose yeah. our dreams yeah. because they're just dreams. Yeah. So whereas I think I've only really learned that in the last couple of years mm. that you know th- there is a concept called limiting beliefs and yeah. it's so much harder to break them the more adult you are, right? Yeah. So if you if and that's what I try to do with my little one is actually, yeah. you know, when I see him come back and say, Oh, you know, I said, help me with this, I can't do that. And I yeah. tell him, No, you can do whatever you want. And there was this moment um, when he was two and a half and Mm. we were actually in Singapore um, on a business trip. He was with us and I put him in a taxi um, and there was no no child seat. So he was sitting next to me and the taxi driver started driving. I said, wait, let me put the seatbelt on you. And he goes, no, mom, um, I'm doing it. And I said, no, you can't. The driver's already going. And he goes, no, I can do whatever (laughs) I want. And I was like, okay, great. It actually works. I love um, that. I yeah so you know That's just try beautiful. to to not think about all the constraints yeah. that are constantly yeah. being put on us yeah. from the external world and, and feel like feel empowered you know mm. you can you can really do whatever you want you just need yeah. to set the goal yeah and then you'll get there and wait so i'm gonna add one extra question where do you think that those dreams come from or that self that drive that you have and those dreams you have for something more do you have a concept of where that comes from or do you not question it and just go with it? Um, I don't actually know exactly where it comes from. Mm. I think, you know, that there's a bit of it in my family with my dad, you know, he was a refugee. Okay. He, he's born into a refugee life and then yeah. he came um, at age 18 to Austria to, to study medicine wow. um, without speaking a word of German. So he did that, finished the minimum year and then... Um, wow. Uh, you know, became a doctor, yeah. and so there, there's there's a bit of resilience, I think, yeah. and, and kind of drive yes. built in, yeah, genetically. And, um, but even my parents question a lot of things. Mm. You know, we do, and I do, and I'm like, well, you know, why don't you just? This is too much risk, or, yeah. or you know, why don't you just go this way or that way? And I'm like, if there's no risk, there's yeah. no gain, right? Yeah. And and what do I have to lose? Like, yeah. there's nothing to lose. I yeah. just try. And if it doesn't work, then I'm no worse off than if I haven't tried. Yeah. So, um, you know, why not? Yeah, that's, that is built within you, yeah. that feeling. 
Thank you so much. That was such a fascinating conversation. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for listening to Letters to Our Yesterday. If you enjoyed this conversation and feel inspired to, please take a moment to rate and review or share it with someone you love. If you'd like to connect with me or find out more about this podcast and my book which shares the same name, please visit my website, karensepulveda.com. Thank you again. And don't forget to subscribe to hear more conversations with extraordinary women. Thank you.